It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every single day throughout the weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe to the show here on YouTube. It's our second week on YouTube, so make sure to get on to the show, subscribe to it. Also, if you don't watch the show, make sure to keep listening to the show on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe there. You can also find us on Spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts here across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, right there. If you're watching the show on YouTube, you can follow me there because every single Friday, we have the weekly Friday mailbag here on the show. So either at me or DM me at Julian Council to be a part of the show and to participate there. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. As I mentioned in the cold open for the show today, the Carolina Panthers, along with the other 31 teams in the National Football League, will be heading up to Indianapolis this week for the NFL Scouting Combine. Going to check out some of the top draft prospects this season, but also a lot of moves might be made this week, or at least the framework of certain moves will be made. And will the Carolina Panthers make one of them? We all know the Carolina Panthers are in desperate need of a quarterback, and that has been the conversation so far throughout the offseason. Of course, Matt Rule's made his staff changes. The Panthers are in obvious need of an offensive line, especially left tackle, which has been literally a revolving door for the Carolina Panthers, dating back to after Jordan Gross retired from the National Football League following the 2013 season. The Panthers need to find that player who can protect the blind side. That is, if the quarterback is a right-handed quarterback, which in all likelihood will be, of whoever becomes the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers here in 2022 and moving forward. My only concern, though, as the Panthers are going to Indy, is what we've heard so far about the rumors that they might be interested in a guy like Kirk Cousins. And I am very nervous that the Carolina Panthers are going to come out of this week with some sort of deal in place to trade for a quarterback at the level of Kirk Cousins. The Panthers are not a quarterback away, as we've been over. They need at least three starting offensive linemen. They need someone other than DJ Moore to step up and be a number two and number three wide receiver. Robbie Anderson is is under contract to be that number two, but after last season, the regression that he made, it's hard to have a ton of confidence in Robbie Anderson moving forward to this next coming season and likely could be his last. Terrace Marshall, they drafted him, had a first-round grade on him, fell to the second round because of injuries, has yet to really be healthy here in Carolina. Can he emerge as a number three wide receiver? We hope. But a hope is not a plan. The Panthers need a new starting linebacker, a new starting safety. They they need another defensive end who can set the edge in a run game. There are plenty of holes. Who's going to be the kicker? Who's going to be the punter? Plenty of holes that need to be filled. Again, the Carolina Panthers are not a quarterback away. They're not in the same situation the LA Rams were in last season where all they needed was Matthew Stafford to come in here or there, 
and help them win a Super Bowl, which he was able to do. Matthew Stafford looked at the situation in Carolina, did not see the framework and the foundation for an organization that was ready to win right then and there. So he decided to take his talents to L.A., and everything worked out for him. My concern is the Carolina Panthers are going to head up to Indianapolis. They're going to talk to a team like the Vikings and convince themselves that their quarterback, like Kirk Cousins, is the answer. Here's what the Carolina Panthers just need to do. And it's a reality that I know not every one of us wants to face, but it's the truth. There is not a quarterback out there that's likely going to change the fortune of the Carolina Panthers organization in 2022. That's just the case. Deshaun Watson, we'll figure out what happens there, but I don't know why he all of a sudden decided he wants to be a part of the Carolina Panthers. It's important to note, according to Aaron Wilson, who was formerly of the Houston Chronicle, now a pro football network national writer for them, breaks a lot of stories. He mentioned how last season, Watson decided that he was not interested in coming to Carolina, would not waive his no clause, no trade clause for them, but he has more interest this year than he had before. Take it, take fact, well, understand the fact that Tampa, not interested in him. Apparently, the Glazer family, according to Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, will not waive a no trade clause, or not, will not sign off, rather, on Deshaun Watson coming to Tampa Bay. Also, understand that Brian Flores, no longer down there in Miami. So he's not going to take over the Miami Dolphins starting quarterback job. The Texans also have Davis Mills. So they don't, they're not really in the need to trade for a quarterback like they would have had potentially done had Miami been the team that they actually traded Deshaun Watson to. But of course, Deshaun Watson has a lot of other things that need to be taken care of before he can even play football. So it's not even have that conversation, really. Aaron Rodgers, not coming here. Russell Wilson, not coming here. Kirk Cousins, what is he going to do here? He didn't win a Super Bowl in Minneapolis with the Vikings. What makes you think he's going to do it here? Probably not. Jimmy Garoppolo. Apparently, his trade market is not what the San Francisco 49ers thought it would be. Well, no, duh. You drafted a quarterback third overall after trading three first-round picks, and you made it known throughout the season that Garoppolo was the last – that was his last year in San Francisco. So, of course, teams aren't out there tripping over themselves to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, who, again, has a ceiling. What the Carolina Panthers need to do is build the best team around Sam Darnold. I've basically hinted at that the last couple of weeks. I haven't really wanted to accept that reality, but that's the reality of the situation. There's not a quarterback out there who's going to be interested in coming to Carolina that's going to change our franchise's fortunes this season. Ride with Sam Darnold, see what happens. What likely is going to happen, which is what all of y'all want anyway, is that Matt Rule will fail and he will no longer be the head coach. So then in 2023, with Scott Fitter, hopefully now only calling all the, the all calling all the shots, will hire his own head coach, they'll draft a quarterback, and unfortunately start over again in 2023. That's how things should have played out the last two off seasons. Rarely do you ever see an organization get a new head coach, get a new GM, and not in the first or second years together, or at least I know they've only had one together, but still not draft a quarterback. I'm not interested in Kenny Pickett. I'm not really particularly interested in Malik Willis, even though I understand allowing the fan base to place their hopes into one of a rookie quarterback would help. But the situation and the reality is Sam Darnold is probably going to be a starting quarterback here in 2022. And you can bring in Gardner Minshew. You can bring in Carson Wentz. You can bring in who the hell you want and have competition. And maybe they win. But the Panthers are likely not going to be a good team in 2022. So if that's the case, then why give up any capital? Try and build the best team around Sam Donald as possible. If Chris McCaffrey can stay healthy, you can get a better offensive line, then possibly they can reach the eight-win total that I thought they would reach this past season. But we know the answer with Sam Donald. He's not the long-term answer. But at least put together a framework for a team that going to 2023 with likely a new head coach and a new quarterback will have way more interest for free agents and especially maybe a quarterback next season. So 
it's not necessarily the greatest advice to put out there, but I would rather that than the Carolina Panthers give up multiple picks and go all out to bring in Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo when we know for a fact that neither one of those guys is going to take the Carolina Panthers to the promised land. There's not going to be any Lombardi trophy presentation going down Mint Street or Tryon Street and Trade Street in Uptown Charlotte with any of those quarterbacks. So build the best team around Sam Darnold and cross your fingers and hope for the best here in Carolina in 2022. Now, the Carolina Panthers so far aren't off to the greatest start when it comes to free agency. Ian Thomas re-signed for three years. Now, it's not really three years, but we'll get into that conversation here in just a moment. February is almost over, and it's that time of the year where pretty much we've given up on all of our New Year's resolutions, but we're not going to do that this year. We're going to stick to our resolution of eating right, and thanks to Built Bar, it almost feels like we're not really having a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have y'all heard of the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. Every single Built Bar has 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie. They're high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting, and they're better for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Carolina Panthers announced on Friday that they had re-signed Ian Thomas, their tight end, their fifth-year tight end now, to a three-year contract worth $16.95 million of $8 million guaranteed. And according to Joe Person of The Athletic, the deal includes $11.5 million over the first two years for Ian Thomas. And the first reaction was, well, not really a huge fan of re-signing a tight end who among 48 tight ends in 2020, ranked 48th, according to Pro Football Focus, and among 45 tight ends in 2021, this past season, ranked 44th out of 45. Thomas has ran 804 routes over the last two seasons, but has only gone 38 receptions for 331 yards and 333 yards, rather, in one touchdown. Not necessarily great numbers, and one of the key needs for the Carolina Panthers this offseason is the need for a pass-catching tight end. Maybe a guy like Tommy Trimble. Someone asked me on the weekly Friday mailbag last week whether Tommy Trimble would have an elevated role next season and could be that pass-catching tight end the Carolina Panthers have sorely missed since Greg Olson. I don't know. Ian Thomas, though, with the contract, $8 million guaranteed, by the way, um, that would make you believe that he, at least the Carolina Panthers, in Ben McAdoo's new scheme, has a lot of has big plans for Ian Thomas in this offense, and I don't know how they would come to that thought. Over his career, Thomas has 90 receptions for 802 yards and four touchdowns. Most of those receptions came before Matt Rule got here, 52 to be exact. And most of those yards and touchdowns came before Matt Rule got here. 
Now, Joe Brady's offense did not highlight the tight end. Ben McAdoo's new scheme will highlight the tight end, has in the past, back when he was with New York, the Giants. So expect there to be an elevated role. But knowing that, wouldn't you think the Carolina Panthers would be far more interested in the free agent tight end market outside of Ian Thomas, who was on their roster? This is the free agent tight end market right now for the Carolina or for the in the NFL. Mike Kosicki, Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, David Njoku, Robert Tanyan, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, Eric Ebron, CJ Uzama, OJ Howard, Gerald Everett, Jimmy Graham, Tyler Conklin, Mo Ali Cox, and Jared Cook. And there's, of course, others. Of those players, how many of them would you have, take Ian Thomas over? M maybe Jimmy Graham because he's pretty much done. Maybe Gerald Everett. But come on. It doesn't really make a ton of sense to me for the Carolina Panthers on, what was it, February 25th? About two, three weeks before the legal tampering period begins to get this deal done. Why was that a priority signing for the Carolina Panthers? Think about last season. Minutes into the legal tampering period starting in March of last year, the Carolina Panthers had agreed the terms of Cam Irving and Pat Offline, two players who had proven throughout their careers, that they are not high-level starters in the National Football League and that they were unlikely to actually help your team. Elfline, at the very least, helped the team by having experience as a starting center in the league. And when Matt Paradis went down, he slid into the center role, and I thought he played okay. Cam Irving, when he was healthy, wasn't good, but a lot of times wasn't healthy. This is concerning heading into the next couple weeks, just knowing the Panthers so far. I, don't, I like the Frankie Louvu signing. Um, re-signing J.J. Jansen, whatever. He's got to lose. He cannot win the job again over Thomas Fletcher. They got lucky last year in terms of Fletcher having to go on season-ending IR that they didn't completely waste the pick in the sixth round last season. But the hope is that he'll win the job this year and J.J. Jansen will be sent out the pasture, not literally, but figuratively, and Fletcher will be the starting long snapper for the next 10, 15 years. We'll see what happens. But Ian Thomas coming back for $8 million guaranteed. And we have, we've had the conversation before. When you look at contracts, especially three-year contracts, ignore the $16.95 million. Ignore that. He's, like, he's unlikely to be here for three years, especially if things don't work out this year with Matt Rule and the Panthers don't improve. Rule will be gone. And I imagine next coaching staff probably won't value Ian Thomas very highly unless he has a breakout season finally. But really what matters is the $8 million. And in the first two years, there's 11.5, and I think it's about 6 million in the first year in this contract. So about six and five, but he's guaranteed eight. So about only 2 million of next year's salary in 2023 will be guaranteed, and the rest won't be. So the Carolina Panthers could very easily get out of this deal after this upcoming season. They might save about $2 million in salary cap, and we're 3 million, and the rest will go to dead cap money, and it won't be that big of a deal. You still hate to have any sort of dead cap money on a player like Ian Thomas. It's also confusing when you look at last year when the Panthers signed Dan Arnold, who had 35 receptions in 2021. Remember, again, Ian Thomas has had 38 over the past two seasons under Matt Rule. He's shown promise his first year when he came into Carolina's rookie year when Greg Olson went down with a foot injury. Ian Thomas kind of showed some promise that potentially he could be the replacement of Greg Olson, that he could actually be the next in the line of Carolina Panther pass catchers at the tight end position. That has not come to fruition. But last year, 
They signed Dan Arnold to a two-year, $6 million deal. What? And in, they're signing Thomas to three years, 16.95, 8 million guaranteed. He's getting more guaranteed money than Dan Arnold was even offered in his deal before the Panthers traded him away after three weeks in the season to bring in CJ Henderson and give away their third round pick, which so far seems like a terrible decision. And Chris Manhurts, who is a blocking tight end, which that's what Thomas really is. Thomas has made some plays. I think back to the Minnesota game where Sam Darnold hits him on that fourth down. And I think the 40 yard reception, that was probably the biggest play Thomas made all season long. He's improved as a, as a run blocker, but he's still not one of the top in the NFL as pro football focus has told you all the tight ends the last two years. He's, among the worst, if not the worst tight end in a National Football League at a starting level. Manhurts, more accomplished run blocker. Last season received a two-year, $6.65 million deal from Jacksonville. So Ian Thomas is making more money, at least he's been given more money, guaranteed, than either Dan Arnold or Chris Morant Hurts were given last season. Make it make sense. These are the kind of things that kind of concern me that you're overpaying for a blocking tight end that has regressed in the passing game since his rookie year. And you can look at the quarterback play and all that, and you can blame that. No, Ian Thomas is just not a high level tight end. And why would you sign him now when you just drafted one? And again, you have guys like, I imagine the Dolphins probably want Kasicki back. I imagine the Cowboys probably want Dalton Schultz back. Zach Ertz, we'll see where he wants to go. Gronk, he might be done playing football. And Joku, could have been a possibility. Tanyan, maybe he goes back to Green Bay, but he's also coming off an injury. Ingram, Hurst. Hell, I'd even kick the tires on Ebron. Uzama's probably going back to Cincinnati if they can afford it. Why not just try and get those guys? They could still go after them. But it just does not make a lot of sense to me. The Carolina Panthers made that move this early without free agency even getting a chance to play out here in a couple weeks. So that is concerning. Just looking at how things have so far started out for the Carolina Panthers and free agency. Frankie Louvu like that signing, especially they're not able to re-sign Hassan Reddick, the kind of role he might have to play here in Carolina this upcoming season. And then J.J. Jansen, okay, whatever. Like, competition that long snapper. Fletcher still needs to win that. But Ian Thomas... These are the things that concern you when you look at the Carolina Panthers and what's going to happen moving forward. Also, moving forward, uh, the Carolina Panthers are going to have to make some staff changes here when it comes to their front office as Matt Allen, Elon alum, such as your boy, um, like your boy, will no longer be a part of the organization. Talk about that and talk about the scouting combine coming up here this week in Indianapolis. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the Trends and action, bet online where the game starts. For listeners who serve in or work for the United States Marine Corps who have family or friends who might have, I want to notify you about an available resource. 
From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep these Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering for the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil/clwater. That's www.marines.mil/clwater. It was first reported on Friday afternoon by Joe Person of the Athletic that the Carolina Panthers parted ways with Pro Personnel Director Matt Allen. It seemed to be a mutual parting of ways there for Allen and the organization. It kind of makes sense if you think about it. You bring in Scott Fitterer, maybe wants his own guy. Allen is one of the few, I think only, who was a leftover from the, the not rule, but the Rivera regime here in Carolina. He's the grandson of Jerry Richardson. Worked his way up through the organization. I think first working as like an intern in the ticket office to getting to be a scout and now, well, formerly being the pro personnel director here in Carolina. Samir Suleiman was brought over from Pittsburgh by David Tepper. Pat Stewart was hired from Philadelphia to come over here. And you have Scott Fitterer. So it makes sense. And then Dan Morgan, of course, was brought over probably more because of Scott Fitterer having worked with him back in Seattle. And also Morgan being a former Carolina Panther linebacker. A whole new front office staff. And eventually things like this happen. I saw on Twitter on Friday where a lot of Carolina Panther fans, I guess, had someone that dug up the video from the, I think it was like Panthers Confidential last year during the, the uh, offseason, just the war room of Matt Allen, Scott Fitterer, Samir Suleiman, um, Pat Stewart, all just breaking down whether they should bring in Sam Darnold. And Allen was the first face that you saw. And I think it was construed as, oh, it was Allen's idea to bring Sam Darnold here to Carolina. If you listen closely, it's Scott Fitter who first brings up Darnold in the conversation. And then Allen's the first face that you see talking about how he loves ball, which is okay. And he's smart, he's physical, and yada, yada, yada. And they all the nonsense that they talked themselves into believing that Sam Darnold could be the answer here in Carolina because he's young and he loves ball. And okay, but what about his decision-making? What about his poor fundamentals? All things you they thought they could fix. Well, they did not get fixed and are not going to get fixed because Sam Darnold is not a starting level quarterback in the National Football League. And all that being said, still, the Carolina Panthers don't need to force a quarterback decision, which Scott Fitter said they wouldn't, and put themselves even further behind the eight ball than they already are. Bite the bullet. If you suck, you suck. Get rid of rule after the season if that's the case. Hire a new head coach, an offensive, young, offensive-minded head coach. Let Scott Fitter do that, David Tepper, and then go get a quarterback. But this season... You got to build the best team you possibly can to hopefully, hey, if you get a new head coach, you can be attractive in getting a free agent to come over here next season who might be able to finally elevate the Carolina Panthers. But man, it was certainly concerning to watch that video, of course, because you look at people that you want to respect like Fitter and wonder what their role was in the whole Darnold thing. I, I continue to go back to David Tepper. The owner said he didn't want to watch Teddy Bridgewater anymore. So the organization had no choice but to go try and find another quarterback. They had a deal for Matthew Stafford. Stafford said no. They wanted to get Deshaun Watson, and I still believe, had these issues not come up with Watson, he's a Carolina Panther today. Now, which in the future could have been a problem, because, well, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out, but either way, 
that did not happen. So they decided between Darnold and the eighth pick, which turned out to be J.C. Horn, or Mac Jones or Justin Fields. They felt that Darnold being younger and having the eighth pick and using it on a player would be more beneficial for the team long-term than drafting Mac Jones or Justin Fields. With Jones, went to the playoffs, good situation there in New England. Seems like he's going to be an okay starter. Don't know if he'll ever be good enough for them to win a Super Bowl, especially looking at the AFC and who's in his division and Josh Allen. Like, are you going to be able good enough to be able to compete with that guy? Belichick can only coach for so long. We will see. So far, the quarterback decision that they made last offseason, as we know, was the wrong one. Horn, if he turns out to be a Hall of Famer, then that might justify the Panthers, I guess, making the decision to go with Darnold and then Horn instead of just getting a quarterback. So I can somewhat understand why or their reasoning behind it. We just know the quarterback situation here has not worked out this week. And this week they're heading off to Indianapolis where it's starting off a busy time in the National Football League this offseason. We've kind of had a couple weeks here following the Super Bowl, really only, what, two weeks following the Super Bowl where we've been in a little bit of a lull. Got the combine coming up here in two days or in a day. Franchise tag deadline still eight days away, only two weeks away, 14 days away from the legal tampering period where that's when free agency really kicks off. The new league year then starting two days after that and the annual league meetings at the end of the month and the draft is only two months away. So we are getting real close and cranked up to what's going to be a critical time for the Carolina Panthers. We've already talked about it. I thought Matt Rule's done a really good job with the staff that is assembled so far, the free agent moves. Outside of Ian Thomas, I'm fine with the Ian Thomas one. We'll see what they do with the rest of free agency and if they find other tight ends and if they can properly in Ben McAdoo's new offense develop Ian Thomas. Because again, Ben McAdoo, back when he was in Green Bay, was a tight end coach. So the hope is that Ian Thomas can flourish finally in his fifth year in a National Football League playing for the Carolina Panthers. It's really more of a one-year deal. One year, about $8 million are going to, at least they're going to have to basically waste on Ian Thomas if things don't work out after the season. But it's a lot, it doesn't make a ton of sense when you look back at Manhurst's deal that he got last season in Jacksonville and also with the Panthers offered Dan Arnold, who had proven to be more of a pass-catching tight end. Now, Arnold's pretty slight of frame compared to Thomas and really probably just a wide receiver who was then converted to be a tight end in the National Football League. He wasn't a great run blocker. The hope is that Ian Thomas can be better, be better this season. Will he be? I don't know. It's just, uh, it's tough. But hopefully the Carolina Panthers can make good decisions and they don't get over their skis here this week. When they get the Indy, please, Scott Fitter, I'm begging you, make the right decisions. Don't come to terms or agree to terms on any sort of deal for a guy like Kirk Cousins, because that's not the answer here in Carolina. And that would be bad. But we will talk about the combine throughout the week when it gets going here in a couple days. Uh, Tony Pauline, he is a pro football network. He is a draft analyst. He'll be on the show, I believe, on either Wednesday or Thursday. So we'll have that breakdown. Also try and find someone else who might be there, boots on the ground at the combine to kind of break things down. Scott Fitter will talk to the media, I think, on Wednesday. So we'll have all that here on the show this week on Locked on Panthers. But again, make sure to subscribe to the show here on YouTube if you're watching it. And if you're listening to it on the podcast, traditionally, make sure to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and also check us out on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked on Podcast Network. Be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. So get those into me now by either adding me or DMing me at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, keep warm, keep pounding, and just pray the Panthers don't make a bad decision this week in Indianapolis. Talk to y'all tomorrow.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 